Welcome to Wine and Wingspan, a weekly podcast where your new book besties, Jess and Joe, review their favorite and least favorite reads over a bottle of the good stuff. We're here to have a good time and certainly don't want to ruin yours, so please check the title and trigger warnings so nothing is spoiled. You may find that your opinion differs from ours, and we want to hear about it. So follow us on social media and let your voice be heard in our comments. Without further ado, cheers! Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Wine and Wingspan. We are your hosts, Jess and Joe, and today we are going to be continuing on in our series about Crescent City. Um, Last week we talked about Crescent City Part 1, and we talked about Bryce's adventure up until her ordeal um, situations, and up until her... um, the summit and all of that fun stuff so if you have not listened to that episode go back listen to that um you're gonna want to because it's gonna be mad confusing for this (laughs) review if you don't start there um and so the way that we have been kind of going through this chapter by chapter is following bryce's hero's journey and um yeah we're just gonna get into it today but um we're both super excited to finish up CC1 because we realized, just talking right now, how many things Sarah makes you forget in CC2. So the review has been good yes. to remember a bunch of like the lore and stuff. All right. So if you guys have been enjoying this review, if you've been enjoying the last few episodes, do us a favor and go on to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen and leave us a review. Um, it helps us a lot to be boosted in the algorithm so that people can catch up on this stuff. And if you are yes. like us and you are reviewing Crescent City, we also have a study guide out. Um, it'll be posted in the show notes in a link so you can access it there. And it is spoiler full for the other Sarah J. Mass books, but the section with spoilers is marked with a huge red spoiler block. So don't fret if you haven't finished it. Just don't go past that spoiler line. Literally finishing up the last part last night. My face is so puffy (laughs) from crying so much. It's ridiculous. And we might cry again. (laughs) Like, I don't even talk about it. I'm barely holding it together. Like, every time I read... The, like Sarah, we were saying this earlier. Sarah is wrong for putting La Hava and then the drop yeah. like right after yeah. each other. Like, oh, this yeah. book. And so many people are finishing it right now as we're recording this in preparation for Crescent City Three. And I can't tell you how many yeah. messages I've gotten in the last few days of people being like, La Hava, Danica. Oh, it's like, so I sad. <laughs> it's oh, just awful. It's uh. It's- it's so it's good, terrible. But it's so Sarah awful. has made me cry more than any man. Period. By far. More than she anybody. knows how to. She knows how to write a man that will like make <laughs> you fall in love with paper and ink. But also, she knows how to write um, like characters that will literally destroy your life. <laughs> so, I I hate her and I love her for that. Um, but yeah. Oh, so where we absolutely. where we left off last week um, was that. Danica and Hunt discover that Sabine is one of the few people that had access to the cameras to cover up that Danica had taken the horn. 
And they now suspect Sabine may be the person who is behind Danica's murder, but they need evidence. Um, and it kind of leads into a insane series of events that happen over the next, like, 30 chapters <laughs> that just are like, oh, you thought it was Sabine? Urgh! 180 into, like, a completely <laughs> other direction immediately. Um, and so... <laughs> In the hero's journey, every hero goes through something called the ordeal, which is funny because in this universe and in Throne of Glass, the Fae go through an ordeal before they can go through their change from mortal to immortal. Um, I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that that's um, SJM like hinting at the fact that like Aelin and Bryce are these heroes, um, but they have to face something like terrible. In order to, like, make the drop. You would think that Bryce has faced enough bad things already, but no. <laughs> no. It's going to get worse. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what brings us to this, like, demon attack on Hunt and Bryce. Um, and Hunt and Bryce are, like, fighting off the demon. And, like, it's not hard. <laughs> like, they yeah. kill it. The only They're, thing like, that was hard for Hunt is, like... When the venom got into Hunt, he couldn't access any lightning anymore. His, like, power was just subdued. But then, like, yeah. Bryce could fight him off really quickly. And now Bryce, Bryce isn't, is Bryce hasn't even made but... the drop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's... And, and zero <laughs> sword training. She just, like, 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 she's just, like, shooting things, killing, like, it's not even that hard. And so if I'm Bryce and that happens, I'd be like, wait, so my friend who is literally, like, the leader of the ox, essentially, and her entire squad are taken out by a demon, and I killed this thing in, like, 0.5 flat? Probably not. Yeah. That's probably not a good enough <laughs> yeah, explanation. She's like, um, I like to think I'm a badass, but I don't know if I'm that badass, really. But at this point in the story, I'm not really that badass. <laughs> like, it's not... I'm not quite there yet. So, um, I, I do think the one thing that really got me on that is that when Micah shows up, he asked who the demon attacked, which is sus yeah. as fuck. Like, why, what do you mean? And he's like, who, who fought it off? Who did it attack or whatever? And they're like, uh, kind of both of us. What are you, what are you talking about? So, and then, uh, Hunt has a really big wound. So at this point, and then they're starting to notice too, those wound patterns are not the same. Mm. As what Danica and the pack had to. Which makes which me very sad. Suspicious. And it's very... It's just awful. <laughs> when you know what yeah. happens later. Like, yeah. It just makes you like kind of sick, you know? Um, it's, it's messed up. So, like, at so, this point, they don't realize Mike's, Micah is being sus. They just go straight to Sabine and they're like, You killed Danica! Um, yeah. <laughs> and I just imagine Sabine being like, I wish I killed Danica, and I didn't kill Danica. Yeah, because they're like, and, th and then you sucked the, uh, uh, made the Crystallos come after us, and she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? What are, what, no. But she's an asshole, so it always makes her look guilty even more than what she yeah, actually I, is. Sabine, sure like, Sabine's... really eludes me on a lot. I think I'm, sure, I'm sure Sabine is like, I wish that I would have done all this. I would have loved to have been <laughs> She's the like, one. Write notes for later. Yeah. She's like, wow, How Mike has some really good ideas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but 
Yeah, she... So they accuse her of killing Danica. And also, like, even though Sabine is a really bad mom, like, you can be a really terrible mother and, like, be resentful of your daughter and not want to murder her. And I think that, like... I think that it's... It was pretty crazy of Bryson Hunt to be like, you killed your own daughter. Just, like, straight up saying that. Yeah, that was pretty wild. I do pretty think, wild. that... Bryce and Sabine already hated each other. Bryce wanted someone bad yeah. to be guilty, and it was an easy finger to point. So, yeah, Danica. So then they find out, too, it's revealed that Danica had actually stolen the horn and Sabine swapped the footage. So you go from really hating to Sabine, and, and we think she killed Danica, to like, wait a minute. You know that Danica stole the horn and you swapped the footage. Why? Covered it up. If you're so yeah. terrible. Yeah, why would you cover her tracks? Especially if... She know we know she wants the prime spot, and Danica was gonna get it. it. If Sabine was really ruthless, she would have sold Danica out for stealing the horn, and then took the prime spot. Yeah, it makes not you killed think, her. It was a, it was a much does, easier solution. Why does Sabine not want Danica to be the prime? And yeah, why why is Sabine like Sabine is terrible, but she's also immortal, and we know from like her like. SJM's other series, like, um, be grateful for your mortal heart, Feyre. Like, just because you were mortal at one point doesn't mean that, like, your morality stays the same when you become immortal. So to me, how how it reads is that Sabine... It's at the end of the day, Danica is Sabine's daughter, but that doesn't mean that like the love between mother and daughter is the same in like these immortalizers. I mean, look yeah. at the Autumn King and Rune and Bryce. Like their yeah. relationship with their dad is not like a normal relationship. But there's reasons for that. Like the Autumn King has his reasons of why he's so hard on his kids. Like the stakes are so high. And because he has a front row seat to the Asteri, he knows that. I think Sabine could be the same way because Sabine, yeah. I, uh, she, yeah, like you said, she could have sold Danica out immediately. It would have yeah. in the end helped her cause, but she doesn't. Why? If she really hates him that much and she blames Bryce for Danica, like she doesn't, if she hated Danica, she'd be like, look how awful Danica was. And I am so much better than that. She's like, this is all Bryce's fault. I think that she hates... Yeah. I think she hates how good Danica is. That Danica still has this, like... She is mortal at the time of her passing. So she is, like, this... She has this, like, mortal heart for the hurting. And, like, it leads... uh, Ultimately, it's what leads her to her death. (laughs) Is that she's... I do think, too, she didn't even want to have a kid like Sabine. Like, when we find out in Crescent City 2 who Danica's dad is, it's kind of like... Probably wasn't a love match. So yeah. she had a child to produce an heir. It was very um, contractual. So yep. it wasn't like, you know, we're both moms. So we're like, oh, the love for our children, blah, blah, blah. But if you're like forced to have a kid just to have an heir, you're probably not going to have a emotional motherly attachment to it when you're already not a motherly person. So I think that that plays a massive role in the way that Sabine acts. Sabine just wants to be a ruler, a, a power, a whatever. Um but I think that the Prime knew that Sabine could not be a person of the people. And wolves are protective. Mm-hmm. And 
they protect the people. Sabine is not like that. And I think that the Prime always knew that that's why he wanted Danica, because Danica cared about people. And that yeah. meant more than anything else. And, and so Bryce. that was like a huge moment. Yeah. Yeah. So <sighs> listen, uh, <laughs> I'm going to start crying. So we're going to get to it. So past that, um, one thing that Jess noted about chapter 50 was about the knife, which I have had this theory mm. about Asriel. And if you know me, you know how I feel about Asriel. <laughs> He is so suspicious. But also, we talked a couple episodes ago about our theory that Mort might be evil, that there's more to Morgan than meets the eye. Um, and talked, I think, last week about her connection potentially to Queen Thea. Mm. Um, yeah. And if she might be a descendant of Queen Thea. So um, in chapter 50... It says there is a long bladed knife that was forged from the iridium mine, the same meteorite which fell into our world. We lost that knife eons ago. Even the Fey archives have no record of how it might have been lost, but it seems to have been sometime during the first wars. Um, so the first wars thing is so really it was interesting. on Midgar. Yeah, at yeah, one point the, the knife and sword pair were on Midgard together, but and then the somehow rift the was knife sealed. got back. The rift was yes. sealed during the first wars. There is it's also a connection. Okay, so multiverse connection really quick between Akatar and Throne of Glass. There is a war happening in the Throne of Glass world where the death or the sin eating god that is underneath Adderlin, that is when the the there's like all these bones. There's all these bones and they're all carved up. Sounds like a certain character that we know that is in the prison in Akatar, the bone carver. There Weird. is a god that lives underneath the city and people go to him and repent of their sins and he carves their sins, their last confessions, onto the bones and he has a palace filled with them. The entries stop during the time of the Great War in the First Wars. So, and we know Weird. that in Throne of Suspicious. Glass they talk about the Witch Wars that happened yeah. in the waste happened at the same time. So this seems to be a war that was happening across every dimension. And um because the, the rift would have been open. Yeah. So if the rifts are open and and the gates are wide open, then someone sealed the gates shut. Peleus, Peleus, mm. however you want to say it. Um a starborn, which we know that the starborn have the power to shut and open gates. Um, so sealing the gate shut, and during that Bryce time, going to open the gate, and Aelin's uh, going to be like, "Bitch, I close this shit." I do you know what I had to go through to close this? <laughs> what I had to do. Um, and so, and it's, it's so, so funny, funny too because all the Aelin had to go through and to, to shut the gates. And Bryce, just Bryce goes, is like, "I got a tattoo, bro." Yeah, Bryce literally just touches it and is like, "Please close." <laughs> we're getting ahead of ourselves but essentially with the knife um there is a suspicious knife that a man named asriel shadow singer has in akatar and how he got this knife who can say more um like just pointed out um she gets these knives for Azriel every Christmas. This is like her thing. Mm -hmm. Which if she's a descendant of Queen Thea, did she gift this knife to Azriel if he has some kind of connection to the princes of hell? I think it's very likely. It's also sus Crescent City 2 spoiler, it's a little sus to me that he's the one who finds Bryce. 
and when sword and knife are reunited, so shall our people be. I think that that is very suspicious. Um, And Rune says the sword has no power without the knife. But we, I don't think, maybe when I redo the Akatar reread, because they talk about the sword a little mm -hmm. bit, I'll find it. I don't think they'd say what the actual power of the sword is. We know that because they like, say the, the sword, sword has power, but what is it? Yeah, what is the it? sword has some. Like Bryce is able to channel some of the power into the sword, some of it, but it's like how? Yeah. Like in CC two, she channels like some power into the sword, and it starts to like glow and stuff. And then like Aelin can like light Goldrin on fire, and then and then we've got like uh, Nesta is able to use the dread the dread trove, which I think that. My other theory is is the sword and knife dread trove items were these created by um they are forged by this meteor, but it's like what does like what how are they created? Did the mother create them? Is this like a god that's creating them? Um yeah, I, I find I hope it to that be we interesting. get answers in CC three. But she's probably gonna make us Please. wait till C C four to get them because she's she's cruel and unusual. To wrap a lot of loose mm-hmm. ends up which doesn't that feels like a lot of time but it's only 1800 pages if she continues to have these 900 page books that's not a lot of time to yeah. wrap up every question <laughs> so no, that especially kinda, with how much she puts in a book yeah that kind of leads us you know speaking of princess of hell to itis mm. one of my favorite oh my characters i love itis i love him so much um so she, my favorite thing about the whole thing is that she's like, okay, don't be mad, hunt. But she's got that obsidian <laughs> salt from earlier. She's like, I'm just going to summon a demon. It's fine. And hunt the entire transaction is like, what the fuck is going on? This is not like some lowly little demon. This is this. Holy shit. This is a he prince is of a hell. a prince of Whoa. hell. <laughs> and then he's like, they're just chatting like they're besties. What what do you mean? What do you mean? Yeah, and it was it was so funny, dude. Yeah, he's just standing there like, do I do something? And and then how he doesn't even look at Hunt or pay attention to Hunt until all of a sudden he looks over him and he's like, "Who are you?" And um, it's we have to listen to his wording very carefully because there's he doesn't say things like other people do, which we found really important. Um. And so he's really surprised when he looks at Hunt. It's like he recognizes his power all of a sudden. And he's asked, why do you have a black crown? And Hunt has never heard someone call it a black crown. So that is very important. Now, I will say the crowns and collars sound very familiar to each yes, other. I, and him very saying... Very parallelly there. And now that I'm thinking about, before we started recording, we were talking about how, like, Itis then says that... Um, hell's like a distant planet and that Hunt's kind, yeah. the Fallen, were created in Midgard mm-hmm. by the Asteri, but the Fae, Shifters, yeah. and many others come from their own worlds. So then my thought yeah. is, is, okay, is Midgard hell <laughs> and are the Fallen fog? Um, if they're like crowns and collars, oh, shit. is what he's saying, your kind, the Volk, are made by the Asturi, the Volk kings. Not necessarily that he came from Midgard, uh, because I have a theory that Hunt might be actually from Prithian and kind of thrust into Midgard, but rather was he made from some 
was he taken from being mortal or fey and then like nesta archeron and elaine archeron and Feyre archeron made into something else and uh amarin talks about how she's like when Feyre is made she's like wow there are two of us like things that were once something and now they're something else and I'm like, was an Amarin, we think might be from Midgard, and was had a creator and a father. So does that mean that she was mortal and was made into something in the same type of way that the Archeron sisters are made into Fae? Are the fallen angels once one thing and then made into the fallen and are through their word colors controlled by the Asteri? I don't know. That's just a theory, because he's. We need more is, information on Hunt's backstory, though. Hunt, like, okay, we, so we have Itis, our theories on it. Yeah, he knows who Hunt is, and he's like, "Why do mm-hmm. you have a black crown?" That's interesting. Why do alluding you have to a black his power? Crown? Like, why does somebody as powerful as you? Why the fuck did you let this happen? You know, but I think Hunt doesn't understand his power fully either. Like, he displays big things of it. And at, towards the end of the book, he it displays something really huge with it. But I don't think he understands his power in the way because he's so unique. No, no one else has a power like him. So I, I think that's one thing that's going to be hard. And I think the Asteri is fine with keeping him pretty blind as well. I think the Asteri yeah. knows exactly who he is. It, and so that will be this, interesting. There is definitely this implication that the crown and him as a powerful being, the him being fallen and him being this powerful fae are two distinct different things. Like, Idis is like, you're this powerful yeah. fae. You come from your own world. Why are you fallen with a black crown? Like, he, mm, there are these two separate parts of hunts. That I, that's how I read it, is... And now which, and then it could be his dad or his mom, who they are, um, what their bloodline is, too. He could be mixed. He could be like Bryson be mixed. Yeah. So we don't know what the context is quite yet, but. Um, He's giving us clues. Okay. The, so oh, then, the biggest but... thing, too, that I took away, the last thing he says, which <laughs> he said this twice to her. The, the most recent time he says it to her, he says, make the drop, Bryce Quinlan, and come find me when you are done. But in chapter 52, it's revealed when he met her when she was 13 that he said, come find me when you make the drop. And she asks why. She's like, I'm 13. Why? And he goes, so we can finish this. What? What? What are we finishing? What do you mean? So So he he wants her to make the drop. He knows. Oh, man. So my, okay, so I have two theories. One is that Idis is actually evil and he wants Bryce to make the drop so that they can fight, um, and he can take the first light. The other, uh, because she's now full of, like, literally all the power in the world. <laughs> or it's so that sh- he can use her to finish the Asteri and retake his realm, if my theory that Midgard is actually hell um, is yeah. accurate. Uh, See, so- I think it's more, he had an alliance with Queen Thea. Yeah. I think he was protecting the original Starborn Queens, and that's why they made the Crystallos to kill Peleus, because we know he's really a bitch-ass. So, I think it's something to do with the female Starborn line that they're protecting. I don't... I don't... I mean, I do like the idea that he's evil, though. I'm not gonna lie. I love that. But I I think he's meant to guard her. 
and, and, and that's usher her into the next whatever. If, I don't if think we're he's going, gonna fight her. No. If we're going by like this biblical like like uh metaphors, the Asteri are like literally Luciferian because they're like angels of light. Like they're stars and it's very like well, first of all, they sound like the Twilight people, the Volturi, but also Honestly, they're, they're... Oh my god. Every single time they talk <laughs> about them, that's who I picture in my brain. Every mm-hmm. <laughs> But they're like these good oh, we're just protecting the realm. We're just good people. I'm the North Star, like I'm the true north and the morning star, which is what um in the Bible, Lucifer is the morning star. So that's interesting that like and it's like he'll come as an angel of light and all this stuff. And then Idas, everyone's like, he's bad, he's bad, he's evil. And it's giving Jesus to me. Like it's giving like uh um, Yeah. Like sell everything you have and then come find me and then I'll give you eternal life. That's what Idas is giving me. Yeah. Yeah. Idas is giving me Jesus and <laughs> And I just, I've noticed how she's using this, like, this biblical, I mean. She uses even, a lot of parallels. Yeah. yeah like, like, mythical crown, or biblical. The crown yeah. of thorns and their angels and, like, yeah. it, yeah, it's very that. And that's kind of what it's giving me is that they're deceiving. So I don't think, act like, my main theory isn't that Idis is evil, but anybody could be bad. Like, there's no. Yeah. I'm not holding on to anyone at this point. So, speaking of, like, trickster characters, Hypaxia. Um, Listen. She's a trickster, really but I love enjoy it. her. I love her. I um, think she's going to be massive. I forgot how important she was, too. Like, she was there, but the only thing I recalled was, like, oh, yeah, she was supposed to, like, marry Hunt, or no, uh, marry Ruin or whatever. But then whenever I started rereading, I was like, wait a minute. Oh, she's a boss ass bitch. Yeah. She's she's a badass. And how she's just like, yeah, I'm a medwitch, whatever. And everyone's like, oh, come heal my shit. She's like, oh, and also what and also what I'm the necromancer queen. and yeah. yeah. <laughs> like she's so she's crazy powerful. She says a lot of things. She knows so much more about lore. And I think that's gonna come very important later. Cause she tells them that like her teachers were very old, they learned very old magic. And she knows little, like, things that I don't think she's really supposed to know. But she was, like, up in the mountains and, and learning all this stuff. She wasn't in Crescent City. Dead so people that they're – basically, her teachers are, like, dead. Yeah. And she's speaking with the dead. You know who that yeah. sounds like to me? The 13. Huh. That's what that sounds like to me, Ooh. that she's learning magic from I think some, like, Jezeba, dead old witches. I think Jezeba and Hypaxia are linked somehow because Jezeba came from – witches and it keeps and we're talking about witches a lot yeah uh i think we will find out what happened with her and and what the big deal is with that but i i do think hypaxia you know is a very essential to everything that's going to happen in in cc2 which we do know she is and then cc3 and cc4 is going to be a big deal but they go to her because they're going to try to get the venom taken out of Bryce's leg, which she didn't want the venom to be taken out, but it's to try to create an antidote for the synth. And so it's a very horrible thing. Like she's in a lot of pain and and her and Hunter having this massive bonding moment. And it's a very intimate and, and emotional moment for both of them. And as it's getting pulled, she hunt kisses her. And I was like, 
don't kiss me if I'm about to die. Like, I feel like you're the most pain <laughs> of my life. That's like a child labor. And then your husband kisses you and you're like, get the fuck off me. Get away from but me. But as she, <laughs> when it's being pulled out of her leg and um, Hunt kisses her, she feels a star bloom in her chest. And, and, and we, at the time, are relating it to the kiss. But we find out in a little bit what that actually means and what yeah. that actually was. So, but Hypaxia, she keeps playing some boss-ass moves throughout the entire ending of this. Yeah, and we'll get to the summit girl. part. But and CC <laughs> really too, like she is still she is girl yeah. bossing her way through Midgard. Like I have so much respect mm-hmm. for Hypaxia, and I can't wait to see how like she is the only person with pure intentions. Like, and I yeah. feel like it's because she's so yeah. separated from everyone, you know. But um, yeah. She can look at things at a different viewpoint because she's not emotionally invested the way that other people are, yes. like day-to-day life-wise, which I think is very interesting. So after after they get the venom taken out, she's going to make an antidote. Um, and and then shortly after that, I wrote the wrong name, but it's Amelia Ravenscroft. So she's the new alpha who took over Danica's position, but obviously she's not Danica. Um, and she's kind of an asshole. And she ends up, Bryce gets these box of croissants every year for Danica's birthday. And um, she has it when she opens a box, it says, I caught a camera, if it was like slut or trash, I think it was trash on it. And she's obviously upset. And Hunt says, fuck this hoe. Shows up at a bar where the alpha is and straight, like, this is the first time we see like a really good display of power for him. Like, we know he kills some people or whatever. But mm-hmm. he puts, like, a, a whole wall of lightning, and he's, like, holding her against the wall. And I'm like, listen, Hunt. I'm going to need I to calm down. My lightning And, and you know, he I basically scares man. the shit out of her. Dude. Yep. He, like, he scares her. And he's basically like, I will kill you if you fuck with Bryce. And we start to see these major emotional displays that Hunt does for Bryce that I don't think he would normally be doing because he is, he has to be very calculated and unemotional yeah. and unattached. And he has been for however long it's been since the war. Well, Hunt, so Hunt lost his now love. He's getting so emotional. He's yeah. just like in survival mode from that point on. Like his number one priority mm-hmm. is surviving. And then it goes yeah. from that to like, and I think that the reason why, so then Sabine is pissed. She tells Micah and Micah cuts off Hunt's wings and I think that yeah, that no, is, I that think that Micah wild. isn't upset that Hunt showed off his power. I think Micah is upset because he realizes that now Hunt has like something to live for that he can't control. Mm. And so there was a part in that dangerous. where Micah almost looks sad, like. Micah didn't want yeah. to cut off his wings. And I th- and I thought it was like him feeling bad for him, but that when I did the reread, I took it more as like, fuck, now I gotta deal with your bullshit. Like you don't have wings and can't do shit for me now. Like Yeah. It was selfish almost. Yeah, I But yeah, Jespa think... was fucking ruth or not Jespa. Sabine was ruthless in that scene. I was like, I just started to feel bad for you about your daughter dying and you covering up the horn, and now you're just gonna be a straight, like, hard sea cunt. Like, straight up. Yeah. It's completely unnecessary, ma'am. Yeah, it's crazy. (laughs) She has, like, it's genuinely, she has no sympathy for anyone. 
It's wild. Yeah. Um, so is she just and, like a sociopath at this point? Yeah. And, and she hates Bryce, but she doesn't even realize like what Bryce has done. And that's when we find out that like Bryce literally like bartered her own soul for Danica's to ensure that Danica would make it um, yeah. to the bone quarter, which is like, so now she has, Bryce will never have the afterlife and yeah. to ensure that Danica would. And in the end, it actually saves her life. Um, yeah. Because there's one kernel of Danica's power that's left because of her deal. But yeah. that may not have happened if Bryce hadn't made that deal. Um, yeah. So she goes to the Underking and she makes this deal with him. And she steals one of Jezebel's coins, which I feel like Jezebel later is going to be like, why the fuck did you take my coin? Where's my coin? <laughs> yeah. And so it allows her safe passage. And the Underking tells her that no kingdoms in in Midgard will open to her if she makes a trade. And he keeps asking her over and over and over, like, you know, you can't, uh, you can't go back on this. Are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure? And I'm like, if, if the under King knew what she was, don't you think he'd jump on it? Like the deal and not try to convince her not otherwise. But the, f the trickiest thing I found about this, he says, say it a seventh and final time. And she's like, I want to make the trade. And then the deal is done. Seventh. There's another seven for you. Yeah. In, seven in gates, the, seven uh, stairs, seven Mass. quarters. Yeah. yeah. It's like, crazy how many. It's too, too many sevens. Number of completion. What if like seven people Bible? have to die? Well. That would be depressing. I think. I need to double check this number, but I think there might be seven people in her court. There's also this like thing about how like mm. the, about Bryce um, being the King Arthur or Rune being King Arthur, and how um, there's like also a King Arthur connection in Akatar um, with Gwyn and uh, Gwyn and Elaine. Like there's like a direct like it's literally just exactly King Arthur, but how like. Hunt and Therion and Rune are like Bryce's knights and they're kind of like the knights of the round table and there's like seven of them because there's Therion, Rune, Hunt, mm. Declan, um, oh, Rune's other friend. I always forget his name. Emmett, Flynn, Declan. Emmett, Flynn, Flynn. and, um. Declan. Uh, and, uh, Ethan. Yeah, Declan's in there too. There's seven of them. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. That is why. Because uh, we also have Fury and Those we have Fury sevens. and uh, and um, <gasps> Juniper, Fury. but they're not really her knights. Like these, she has like seven knights. Very interesting. Anyway, so <laughs> so then um, speaking of the Under King, Jessica falls under him, which is weird because she's why like why I don't get it. It, she feels more like she's like a CBD type of being, not really like an underking thing. But then when you read the epilogue, you're like, maybe there's something with the underking, like connection. Yeah. Like it's just very. I do think that she's trying to, she's going to try to get rid of the Asteri. Like she has that library and we find out the truth about the library in a little bit, but she's playing a very big game, but we just don't know what it is because we're only seeing the small game of Bryce. Yep, and there's theories that she might be connected to Meryl, which we can talk about in a future episode. But her connection to the library is so interesting. And um, yeah. her 
why she protects she's protecting these books that are 15,000 years old with a fire sprite because she knows the information contained inside them is so important and so vital that she's like it's better burned than to fall into the wrong hands yeah that's crazy (laughs) yeah um so at this point so bryce we learned that bryce has made this deal hunt is like um his wings off and bryce (laughs) finds all of danicle's danicle's danica's old emails and um the flash drive in the coat so she's had danica's jacket and it has the flash drive hidden in it which is danica is playing crazy mind games um at this point like she's like thinking like way far ahead before she even dies um so she finds out all this stuff and um she she she... definitely gets the you know watches the trial videos and at this point and she's like so it's showing what the synth really is that rainer technologies or whatever um i think i made up technologies but it's fine industries or whatever it is they're doing they're using synth industries um they're using that synth on humans and they were giving it to humans and it gives humans the ability to have veneer abilities for a short period of time like they have this chicken there and these two big ass fucking veneer go in she wipes them out and then they send in another to wipe them out like like it's nothing and then they start to realize if you give this to somebody who is veneer it makes them godlike basically power and then they also they destroy whatever's on the path and then they go crazy and they destroy themselves so she watched this human do that this human destroyed the people that uh veneer coming in and then she literally shredded herself to pieces and she's like what the fuck is this Uh and she shows hunt and Hunt's kind of acting kind of weird. He doesn't want her to look down the synth, the synth path, which he hasn't for a while. He has been telling her, like, oh, no, I think this is dead end. We're not really going to get... The synth isn't anything, blah, 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 or whatever. But pretty quickly, right after this, we find out, you know, Therian texts her and says, hey, there's a deal going out on the river, and the Viper Queen's here, basically. And so Therian and Bryce go to the river, and whenever she's watching this deal happen... Then all of a sudden, a face turns and it's Hunt. I I remember reading this part, and there was so much left in the book that I was like, "Don't tell me we just built up all this climax for this to be the ending." I literally I was, like, was Sarah? so shook. <laughs> I could not. I was like, "Is he bad? So he's bad? So he's a bad guy?" And I was like, "Mad." I I have not been that angry. <laughs> I was so angry. <laughs> Because, like, it's unlike any other... Rowan never has that moment. Reese never has that moment where you're, like, you're actually doing bad stuff. And I'm like, Hunt, what are you doing, babe? (laughs) Of all the people in the world that you can actually be honest with, it's Bryce. She's the only person that you can be, like, 100% real with. Because she's... She needs you just as much as you need her at this point. Like, you've been through all of this together. You're gonna kiss this girl. You know that you're up. At this point, mm-hmm. they know that something is something bigger is happening here. And he still keeps this from her. I would be... I cannot. I was disappointed because I was like, you, you have it now, Hunt. You have someone who cares about you. You have somebody in your life. You're living in a nice house. You're 
you're playing house basically, which is something you've mm-hmm. always wanted a sense of normalcy and you're so close to having it fully, but you do this, which he does say, you know, oh, I was trying to tell him to stop. I was trying to tell him to stop. Well, you still showed up. You could have not showed yeah. up. That, that would have been a thing. So the Viper Queen sells him out, which I find really interesting that she does because I figured, yeah, she's going to get a favor from Micah, but I would rather have a favor from all of the 33rd. It, just me. I would rather have one of the favors yeah. from each of them instead. And so Micah is an asshole. He shows up. Fury shows up also. But before that... At this point, we find out a lot about Danica. So a whole bunch of stuff is being said because Micah likes to talk. And that Danica, basically that Hunt had figured it out, that Danica had was involved with Synth and that she stole the formula and was selling it on the streets. And Danica was addicted to Synth and got too high, slaughtered the pact and slaughtered herself, is what Hunt has gathered and what Micah at the time says, yes, this is what happened. So he collaborates on that story. Um... And then that the use of a lot of synth can open portals because of the salt. And that's how the demon kept coming in. Yeah. So when Fury shows up, man, Fury, if I don't get more Fury in CC3, because I don't I get enough in CC2, I'm going to be pissed. And the Viper Queen literally obeyed Fury's order. She's like, get the fuck out. The Viper Queen bowed down to Fury in a way. And then also Fury threatens Micah and Micah doesn't do shit about it. If anybody else would have threatened Micah, he would have done something. Why is everybody so scared of Fury? Because from our viewpoint, she's just like a badass assassin. Like, she can kill a lot of people, yeah, but not that badass to tell the governor, Archangel, to go fuck himself. So I think that it's no coincidence that she's friends with Bryce. And I think that she... She her description is so much like Amran, and Amran was created by yeah. someone who controlled her. So I think that she could be an agent of the Asteri somehow, keeping an eye on Bryce. <laughs> because I don't think that the Asteri are Maybe. shocked by Maybe. by Bryce at all. Like Bryce's power is not even close to shocking. And like, why are you friends with this random assassin? Like she comes to she so. Fury shows up at Crescent City University and takes classes, but it's all a front. And Bryce finds that out, that it's all a front. Like, she never... She was there on some assignment. I'm like, what if Bryce It could have been following assignment? Danica. Yeah, what if it they been, the And then assignment? she found Bryce. Yeah. I don't know. And also, after... Uh, one thing one of my friends noticed is after Danica... Which, we know this. Danica dies, and then Fury just is nowhere to be found. So if she was after Danica and then Danica died, it's like, oh, like, that's why she just doesn't care about Bryce. Yeah. And Juniper says, like, oh, she was dealing it within her own way. And I'm like, nah. Now, Fury does really fall in love with Juniper and can't leave Juniper alone. And I wonder if they're mated or something. Maybe if they have some form of thing because she's like, I can't leave her alone. She might have been there for one thing. Kind of like Hunt. Hunt was there. Because of the case and then falls in love with Bryce and now he's like, well, right. I think that it could be the same thing. Um, so, yeah, there are, the Viper Queen sells them out. All this stuff is found out. And then Hunt is then punished again. Um, but this time it's like even worse than getting your wings ripped off. He's going back to Sandrio. <laughs> Which. That was intense. That was intense. Which I knew they were going to keep him alive because it's like, okay, the story's not going to end now. 
But the fact that they gave him back to Sandriel, and then, oh my god, when she's in the cell with him, and she just plays the video of pictures, that's fucked up. <laughs> like, he would have rather just gotten beat to death instead of just god, watching I, the TV. My heart was, like, pounding. Of videos. <laughs> oh my gosh. Just, like, the and power. It's Bryce's it's so crazy, pissed. the power they have over, like, they're just able to blackmail these, like, the Asteri... And Sandra, like, all these people are just, like, blackmailing them constantly. Like, the stakes are so high yeah. all the time. <laughs> it's awful. So then Jessica... That's wild. Jessica gives Bryce just this absolutely ungodly amount of money. And it is, like... Yeah. Ba- I think that she's trying to so- get her to just, like, lie low and, like, quit. And go... Yeah. You know, not be involved in... Bryce is like, LOL, I'm actually going to go basically live in the archives so that I can figure this out. (laughs) And she's, like, staying in the library, like, just reading. Yeah, there's, like, takeout boxes everywhere. She's, yeah, Yeah. she's been trying to figure out a way to free Hunt. And so she she makes another bargain. Yeah. Sandriel um, reveals that she's the Autumn King's daughter during this time, too. I forgot to mention. Yes. Um, she gives her so all this money. So Bryce shows up at the committeeum and is like, as Hunt is being hauled away, you know, wait, wait. And she's trying to, she's like, I'll, I'll buy him for you. And it's like 97,000 gold marks or million gold marks. And it's more than what Sandriel sold him for originally. Everybody's like, holy shit. What the fuck? And, uh, she's like, Sandriel's being an asshole like usual. And then her and Hunt get into it again. Um, Well, actually, let's do the amulet part. So amulet, she's like, okay, well, I'll give you this amulet too. And the amulet is a 15,000-year-old piece that was guarded by Priestess and Parthos. And it's just this very rare item. Very rare item. And Sandra melts it in her hand. And she's like, ha, 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 fuck you. Um, And then she's like, take me instead. And Sandro considers it, and that's when Ruin steps up, and he's like, no, I'm calling on the old, like, rule of the Fae. She's an she's a member of my court. She's a member of my family. She's my cousin. Um, and I'm taking responsibility for her. Like, it's old, medieval, you know, like, yeah. men are, own the women and tell. And she's like, fuck you, Ruin. And he's like, no, shut the fuck up. Fuck you. But then that's when Sandro's like, actually oh, it'd be really cool to own the Autumn King's daughter. And everyone's like, oh my god. And Bryce is like, well, they look... Bryce is like, fuck. And Hunt's like, oh shit, they look alike. How did... (laughs) No shit. It's like, It's like the same eyes, same hair. They literally look identical. Like, identical. And it's not like they both have brown hair, it's red hair. No, it's like as red, like, like bright red hair. And Rune is the only... Like, so we're supposed to believe that Rune, with black hair, purple eyes, tan skin, is the son of this man (laughs) who is, like, red hair, gold eye, like, golden skin, exactly, looks exactly like Bryce. We need to get um, Maury paternity tests. (laughs) Yeah, literally. But we're supposed to believe that, like, Rune is his son, but Bryce can't possibly be his daughter. They're cousins. It's like, What? Like, how did no yeah. one catch yeah. this this entire time? 
It's wild. It's just funny. So within an hour of her taking off the amulet, which is important, but we don't really discover what really happened till later, she gets attacked by the demon down at the pier. Mm -hmm. And and Rune and Emmett and Flint, or Declan and Flynn, they all rescue her. And she's mad at Rune. She's like, go fuck yourself. But she says, thank you to the other guys. And they're like, you're our princess. And she's like, I'm not your princess. And they're like, you're our fucking princess. Like, we're going to take care of you, which I think is really great. Mm -hmm. They're like, I don't care if the Autumn King claims you or not. We're taking care of you. Because so, if there's one thing about Rune to Nan and the frat pack, it's that long the live the queen. Pack. Long live the queen. They're like, what I love is that they, they go zero to 100. That is how Rune and his friends are. They're like, all right, now yeah. we're literally, we will lay our lives down for you. It's It reminds me of Cassian <laughs> and like the whole inner circle whenever Pharaoh yeah. becomes High Lady. And they're like... You're our high lady now. Be careful like, how you talk about my high lady. Yeah. Like the second, the second that, like they already are protective of Pharaoh, but the minute that she becomes high lady, they're like, we would die for you. And that is, that's why, like, that's her inner circle. Like that's her cadre. Like at the frat pack, they are like immediately, I will lay down my life for you. Like without hesitation. I love yeah. it. Oh it's yeah. So it's so badass. So I think at this point too, she's really like, you know, she's not even mad at Hunt because she's mm-hmm. like, okay, this is crazy. I'm not even mad at you. Um, and I also think that Bryce understands so that she's she's living in a world where everyone has to have their secrets. Like, she's learning that. She's just blindly trusted everyone around her. And yeah. she's, like, learning that this is a game. Danica was playing the game. Hunt's been playing the game. Everyone's been playing this game except her. She's just been working her job and <laughs> chilling. So uh, the next like big part of um, God, there's so much. Of, I know it's about to go downhill from here. Her next, I'm like, big okay, part we gotta make sure <laughs> of the arc is her uncovering the truth. So she has her ordeal, which yes. is, you know, she has a huge awakening that everyone's keeping secrets from her and she's attacked by the demon she survives um and and she has the venom removed from the last demon attack from her leg and that's awful so and it kind of goes from like this self self preservation to like she's willing to sell herself for hunt and that's such an important moment in their story where mm-hmm. before that you know they're teasing each other but now it's like very real um yeah. Yeah. And so I then mean, it, it says, Flynn says in it, this is her ordeal coming this next part too. So her yeah. ordeal has already been happening, but now she's going to get in the fucking thick of it. Yes. So, and, and it's so honestly it has... compared to the other ordeals. It, I think it's worse than all the other ordeals that have been mentioned before. She goes through oh, the worst yeah. of it because she's truly it's by herself. Awful. Yeah. So, so the, the next part's my favorite summit. part. The summit, it literally felt like it was like New York Fashion Week. It's like, and then these people New show York up Fashion and they're so Week. hot. It's like the all of them are like from the sky. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, it felt like a red carpet moment, which just like cracked me up in the middle of the book where it's like, Danik has been lying and Hunt is going to, his wings are cut off and everybody's being attacked by demons. And then it's like, cover girl. But the face in Yo Walk with all these like world leaders that are just showing up so head to toe everything's going to hell yeah and meanwhile like all of the world leaders in the summit are like 
yes, like slaying the red carpet. It's so funny to me. Um, <laughs> and so meanwhile, Bryce is like literally living in the basement of her job. <laughs> yeah. Just, Just looking over books and shit. And 24/7. I, I do think it's like there, there's so much that fucking happens. I'm like looking at the notes going, Jesus Christ. Whew. Yeah. And so whenever she, at the summit, there's so many little things that happen that I picked up on. You know, it's like, Jesma shows up. She doesn't have a companion. Everybody else has a companion. Why is Jesma showing up for the Underking? Why is it her? Because until this point, we just know that she's a follower of him. Mm-hmm. Why is she the official? That was interesting, but we don't dive into that. They... The Asteri recognizes Hypaxia as the queen, so she's officially queen. And at this point, Rune's like, I know that bitch. What the fuck is that? And then also, Rune finally shows that to Hunt, because he talks to Hunt mind to mind, that he has this ability. He's like, but people don't know. This is hush hush, mm-hmm. which becomes very important CC2. So yeah. that's finally showed. Um, and so Hunt's just kind of standing there. Stuff about Rune um, yes. for his own hero's journey, which is exciting. Yes, it's it, Hunt's on display there, and he's just sitting there and or standing there, and he's like, "Okay." And every and no one really, the people, his friends look at him and they feel bad, but they can't. You can't do anything about it. Sandril's just being an asshole. We hate her, and which is fine. What happens to her next? But. So at the summit, everybody who's anybody's there, um, all the, like the third major, the 33rd, all these legions, etc. And then, you know, Bryce is just in the gallery with Lahaba eating takeout, like trying to find a way to free. Yeah. She's just vibing with Lahaba. Trying to figure out a way to like fangs and bangs. She's looking at ways to try to um, free him. And then all of a sudden, there, a door opens. And she's like, what the fuck? And it's Micah. So Micah comes down the stairs and she's like, "Um, alert, alert, alert. And she ends up calling Jezebel. Did we ever how he Jezebel pulls the up door? the feed. She just said, I remember she had said, of course, the enchantments couldn't stop his power. It was just like he was so powerful. He told her that the door was open, but that ain't fucking true. She ain't gonna fucking leave the door open. She ain't a rookie, but she's about to leave the fucking door open in a minute. So Jezebel links the screens. So everybody now at the summit is watching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Hunt is just paralyzed. He literally can do zero. Um, A lot of fucking chaos is happening. So then this is where we find out about the books fully. The books, the books, the books are the, from the, the great library of Parthos, which is older than the Asteri's arrival. And, and the books are so important because they thought it was destroyed. The humans had their last stand at Parthos to allow witches to get the books out. And these were the books that they could get out, out of all of them. And the rest of them were all destroyed. And so they crucified the the people who protected all these books by burning the books. Yes. By burning the books. They they burnt the people, but they used the books as as a fire. This is to fuel the fire, basically, which is super fucked up. So Jezebel has had these human slash witch book, human books that were protected by witches. And she has them now and she's the protector. Interesting. Very important. 
why is she protecting human books and which books, but she follows the underking, which we get a lot more of the underking and in, in CC too. So mm-hmm. it's still, it just, I haven't f- make that make sense. Like I, I, I haven't figured out how that actually works. So why he's there, as we know, he loves to talk because he's an asshole. Um, he tells her everything and he has his full blown uh, villain so he, uh, monologue in the middle of it. Yeah. <laughs> literally, oh my God. There's so much of it. So he's, so we find out that Danica actually was not addicted to drugs. She was of course the hero and she was trying to save everybody. And he injected her with the synth and she destroyed her pack, then destroyed herself, but she was not an addict. He actually gave it to her. And then we also find out that um, he finds out that the horn is on Bryce. Her tattoo is word marks, maybe, in a language to activate the horn, and she is the horn. So um, he's like, you know what? I'm going to open up all these fucking portals using your body because then the Asteri is going to see me as one of them and I'm going to be a badass. And it's just a total fucking white man move and it's like a power grab and he's just an idiot so he is like this is how we're gonna do it we're gonna use the synth so he injects her with the synth and i had to laugh really hard because i was like this bitch a party girl like you think this is gonna fuck her up that much like she's gonna be fine for a while she's got this this ain't her first rodeo okay yeah, and she then he takes syrinx, defended and he you yeats yeah yeats oh, my god. oh my god <laughs> And I'm like Bryce. Bryce literally. Mike is just Bryce, fucking wild. He's crazy. This woman defends your broken body in the middle of an alleyway while high as a yes. hell. Yes. High and you're as like, fuck. yeah, I'm gonna inject her with drugs, and that's gonna be the thing to keep Bryce Quinlan down. Like, you obviously don't know anything about Bryce Quinlan because I'm telling you, it would take a lot more than just some like, drugs to rave. keep Bryce down. It's yeah, a rave. Bryce is like, this is my normal Tuesday. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> She's like, thanks. She's like, well, this is gonna be fun for a while. <laughs> this is gonna be great. Yeah. So she, so he, he, he does his whole things. He's invested in in, in Redner Industries. And, and all this stuff comes to light. It's basically all fucking Micah. Um, mm-hmm. And that it, it, he's a fucking piece of shit. So I don't want to talk about it. So she, I know. Syrinx is in the cage. They're trying to figure out this shit. With, he's beating the shit out of Bryce on camera, like throwing her into the wall, yada, yada. But her body's healing herself from the synth. Um, and he's just kind of waiting it out to see how long it takes for her to open these portals. Uh, everyone at the Comidium or everyone at the summit's just watching and they're like, get fucking airplanes, get, get uh, everybody get in the sky. Micah disabled all those. He actually like took out all that shit. So nobody can go anywhere. Um, and at the same time, uh, Sandriel is like making phone calls and she's like, it was, we can't go anywhere, blah, blah, blah. Uh, they, uh, what's it? The Asterian guard is going to come help or whatever. She's just being an asshole. The Autumn King, what I found interesting, there was different points in that and his reactions. He was scared for her at one point. Um, when it comes out that she is able to have the horn, 
he's like, what the fuck? How is she the horn? He's also wounded because Micah says, I'm the one who uh, manipulated the Autumn King into wanting to find the horn. And then the Autumn King's embarrassed. And I'm like, you should be, you piece of shit. You should be. So that's when Flynn says, this is her fucking ordeal. And now shit is going to get fucking crazy. Lahaba gets Micah into the closet or the bathroom or whatever. And then Bryce jumps in to get Syrinx. And Hunt is like, leave the fucking pet. Get the fuck out. Like, because she wastes so much time getting him. But we know Bryce. She's going to fucking save the animal. Of course she is. She'll she'll die before she lets the animal die. Oh, yeah. No. So the Nox ends up almost killing her. Um, And he in, the Nox actually throws Bryce into the side of the glass of the tank and cracks it. Which is important for later. So, I don't even want to talk about Lahaba. Like, this is hard. <sighs> Shit. So So Lahaba knows she needs to buy time. I can't do it. I'm gonna cry. So Lahaba is like, this whole time, like, Bryce is always like, like, Lahaba, like, that, like, like, she's like annoyed with Lahaba, and then they're like best friends, and they're not. And Lahaba, like, always just cares so much about Bryce. Like, from the jump, She's just always, like, concerned for her, and, like, she's really the only, for a good amount of time, she's the only person that Bryce has. For, like, two years, pretty much. Yes. It's just Lahaba yeah. and Bryce against the world. And, um, and Lahaba, she, Bryce reveals that she's bought Lahaba from Jessaba, and she's, yeah. like, get out of here. Like, I bought your freedom. You are free. You don't have to buy me time and yeah Lahaba and Lahaba tells like, her she goes I know the world know I look through your my stuff first act of freedom is to help my <laughs> friends and so this whole book she's been like I am the descendant of this queen of fire sprites and I am so powerful and everyone's like yeah okay Lahaba she actually is <laughs> that's the thing she actually is so powerful yeah, yeah. and she's this tiny little fire sprite and she burns up brighter and brighter and her last words um as she kind of like self-emulates is my friends are with me and i am not afraid um and she's able to yeah by basically exploding uh block micah and buy bryce yeah. time um and so yeah. she, she shoots about- at, the, at the tank yeah because she explodes um, the tank yeah yeah, she, like, basically creates oh God, this explosion that, like, floods. Uh, and so, uh, one thing about Lahaba that I feel is that Bryce taught... So, like, this whole series, one of the big things, like, it's on Danica's jacket is through love all is possible. And that's... Micah is, like, if I just follow this trail of love, then I will find the horn. And that's... Danica teaches Bryce what love is and Lahaba teaches Bryce what to do with it. And that's, that is the two, like the mentors in kind of going back to the last episode, the mentors in Bryce's life that change her are Danica and Lahaba because Danica is this Mm -hmm. endless chasm of love for her and for her friends. But she ultimately Lahaba gets to do the thing that, that Danica wanted to is that she takes all this love that she has for Bryce and she makes the ultimate sacrifice and it shows Bryce what to do with all that love that Danica didn't get to teach her that what's important is 
you feel all this love for people, use it. And that's right. that's what Lahaba does. Um, so it buys Bryce time to go assemble the God Slayer rifle. Why does Jessica have a God Slayer rifle? That is crazy. Okay. Like, why do you have this that in your office? This is my favorite <laughs> part because it's so... Okay, so I was always like a doomsday prepper where I'm like, okay... So I used to bartend in New Orleans on on Bourbon Street, and you have to be wary at four o'clock in the morning around that area. And so I always thought of like, okay, if this happens, this is what I'm gonna do. This is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna hold my thing. Blah blah blah. I always think of like doomsday situations. Mm-hmm. So the fact that her escape was so well planned, I had to praise it. So she gets upstairs, and she opens the front door. Instead of running outside, though, she leaves it open. And she runs upstairs to the office and I'm kind of like, okay, what are you, what are you doing? And she, the first thing she does, she goes into the, the closet or the safe or whatever. She injects herself with the antidote because hypoxia gives her the antidote that she helped create. And she does it at summit. Nobody knows this is the antidote at this point. Nobody. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of like, what the fuck hypoxia knows? And she's just kind of like, you smart bitch. And then she gets the bullet to the God Slayer. And as she's moving, which I don't know if you've ever assembled a gun. If you're moving around and assembling a gun, it is so hard. But this is also Randall's stepdaughter. And so Randall, who is like the best human sharpshooter. Yes. yes. <laughs> so she's doing this. I mean, she's like holding it in her mouth and like putting it all together. And Hunt's watching her. And he's like, Slay Queen. Mm, bad bitch right here. And she posts up in in her office and looks down and Micah comes running out and starts to go for the door because she laid him a fucking trap. And without even hesitating, without even giving him a chance to go outside, do anything, she fucking puts a bullet right in his head. Now, the thing we learn about Archangels dying at this point is time slows. So time slows, but everyone else is kind of moving normally. And so during this time slowing movement, she's dropping the rifle. She's grabbing Danica's jacket and the sword. And then at this time, the fucking summit's going crazy. Everyone's freaking the fuck out. I mean, no one knows what the fuck they're doing or what they need to be doing. And she, the the bullet says, momento mori, remember that you will die. And so that's just a little, that's always really fun that, that um, they end up killing her. So then she takes, runs runs downstairs. Time is still slowed. She uses Danica's sword, which is is very huge. And she slices Micah's head in half and then starts chopping his fucking body. Just, (laughs) you know, it's like fucking fruit ninja. This is what she's doing to Micah's body. And then, (laughs) so she, she runs or she walks calmly to the supply closet Gets a red container, which is the gas, pours it on him, and lights a match. And then she's just, like, standing there. She's like, you're never going to fucking heal. There's no return and for you. And my Watching favorite moment fucking- <laughs> in all of Sarah J. Mass, it is my favorite SJM moment. I It is such a queen moment, is when she grabs that motherfucking vacuum. It is the best moment. I... I swear to God, wait, I just know that she wrote this and her editor was like, there is no way we're leaving it in. And my headcanon is that Sarah J. Mass is like, we leave the vacuum scene in the book or we don't publish the fucking book because it is so iconic. It is the best moment. It is so good. She picks up that fucking vacuum and vacuums up this man's ashes as the entire summit is watching. It's just yeah. so unhinged. Like, it is so She's amazing. She's just like... 
So then the ox finally shows up because everyone's calling like the auxiliary. They're like, get the fuck there. And she literally looks at them and is like, oh, there was just a fire. Everything's fine. And shuts the door. <laughs> Finishes vacuuming him up and throwing him outside. And so he, there's no return for Micah ever. So then she's like, Bye. okay, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Then she goes outside and hears the screaming. And she's like, um, oh shit. The heart gate was opened. So at this point in time, Hypaxia has her hand on Hunt. And it is told earlier when Hunt and her have a thing where she can actually remove his halo. Some foreshadowing. She's now actually doing it. She's looking at him and she's taking the gamble of what will happen. And it's almost like, will you get the revenge you've always wanted? And he's like, yes, I am. And so she's standing there while everyone's going crazy at the summit trying to figure shit out. And she is taking the halo from his head through her power. Which, to be able to do that by yourself, I mean, you have to be really powerful. So that is a huge moment that now his, the thing that has been holding him back is now being removed. And he hasn't had his full power because of that in a very long time. So I bet for him, you know, that yeah. was a, a very big moment. So like 200 Bryce years. now heads to the meadows. Cause, yeah. And so all the leaders are being told to stay where they are. Um, Bryce heads out for the meadows and that's where like there's kids and she's trying to get there and she's telling everyone she needs help and stuff. And, um, my favorite part is they're like, we don't have any wolves. All the wolves are here, blah, blah, blah. And the prime says that there's still one left, one wolf left in the old square. And Sabine, Sabine's like, Oh, shut up. It's Danica's sword. You're just sensing it. And he points at, and he goes a wolf and then taps his heart and says a true wolf. He knows it's not Danica. I and I know I want to cry. It's such a huge moment because the prime doesn't say a lot, but when he does, it's very important. And yeah, they make him seem like he's old and doesn't know what he's doing, but he knows, he knows what's going on. So Hunt is trying to take orders and telling everybody what to do. Ethan answers Bryce's call when Bryce is like, I need help everywhere. And Sabine's like, do not go to the fucking meadows. You need to hold your ground. Well, Ethan and his whole team who Ethan is Connor's little brother ignores Sabine's direct order and makes a run for the meadows to help Which is a huge, Bryce try to get everybody into these shelters or yes. Bryce and Ethan's relationship finally yep. healing because they have not been okay since Danica uh, passed away and yeah. Connor passed away. Like that, that relationship was amazing before. And now like they haven't been friends since. So it's kind of like this healing. It's kind of like all these relationships, her with rune and the frat pack her with yeah. Ethan, like all of these, like just like relationships that were at one point destroyed because everybody blamed Bryce for Danica's death. Now they all have the answers of what actually happened yeah. and why Bryce yes. has had to live the way she does. So now Rune understands her and Ethan understands her and like everyone's just like has the whole picture. So they're able to move forward. So I love this whole part of, like, everything is being set right, which is yeah. the next huge part in, in Bryce's yes. story in the hero arc is how everything, the road back home to how things should be, begins to be reset at this point. So she ends up not making it into a bunker and or a shelter, and she shoves Ethan into one. And of course, and everyone's at the summit, they're like, she's going to fucking die. She can't by herself and so she she decides to make her last stand 
And she's like, I'm going to just do what I can. So she goes to the gate in the Old Town Square, the heart gate, and to rally for one last fight. And she calls Hunt's phone. And she was expecting it to go to voicemail. She just, like, wanted to hear his voice one last time. But Sandra actually gives it to Hunt. I mean, everyone kind of tells her to, and she listens because she realizes the balance of power is not in her favor right now. And so he answers, and she goes through the list of the healing, like you were saying. She tells Juniper, tell her thank you for that night on the roof. Tell Ruin I forgive Ugh. him. Oh, I'm going to cry. Um, uh, tell my dad, tell Randall that I'm proud. I need you to call my mom. Like, she's going through her list. Uh, I'm crying. <laughs> and she says, Hunt, the entire world went quiet. I was waiting for you. And so he's trying to beg her to go back to the apartment, hunker down. We're going to come for you. Um, She's like, no, uh, I was waiting for you in here. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So she she's like, I forgive you for all of it. None of it matters. Um, and then she, the big thing is that Rune tell him I forgot, forgave him a long time ago. I just didn't know how to tell him. Tell him I'm sorry I hid the truth and that I only did it because I love him and didn't want to take anything away from him. He'll always be the better one of us. So at this point, she reveals that she is the Starborn. Um, yes. And she's known. And she's known. For a very long time. Ember knows. I forgot that Ember even knows because, side tangent, the Autumn King calls Ember was like, what the fuck, you bitch? Like, he's pissed. And she uh, she says that she's, like, laughing because she's like, I've been waiting for this for a long time, motherfucker. <laughs> like, we love, we love Ember for this. And when it's talked about earlier that, that the Autumn King sends goons to find Ember. And actually, then it goes fast forward to this. It's revealed that they had Randall and Ember at gunpoint and they had Bryce by her neck and she blinded them. Bryce took them down. A young little girl, little girl before she's 13, took all these Fey guards down. And they just kept it. No one else knew. They they made sure to keep it a secret. So Ember and, and Randall always knew how powerful Dan or Danica uh, Bryce really was. So it's it's a... Big thing. Now, one thing that they say is whenever they ended up... Okay, so whenever she she goes with Danica, and they, they it's re-revealed how Danica finds out she's a starborn heir. When they get into that little bit of trouble in college, and Bryce uses her power at that point. And something I found very interesting was um, the pure light of a star from another world... From long, long ago, the gift of the ancient Fae reborn again. Light, but nothing more than that. So it's only light. It's not really a power. It's light. Uh, not an Asteri who possessed the brute power of the stars, just light. So it, the way they talk about it is that it's just light. And that's why Bryce is like, I don't give a shit. Ooh, I can do a party trick. There's some light or whatever. But I think once she has the sword and the dagger, now she has the horn. It's almost like the dread trove. Now you're really powerful because yeah. you actually have all these things that the light powers it. So she begins to um, glow. She shuts down the first gate. Well, there's six other gates and she's winded at this point. She knows that she can't, she can't do it. Um, everyone's trying to get to her. They're on their way. 
And so, um, yeah. Okay, so she, she gets it, then the Autumn King calls, and we throw it, and I'm like going through that. So then, my favorite part. So basically, Sandriel tells that the Asteri about Bryce and that they plan on killing her because of her power, and they're sending people to kill her. So Hunt says, check my footwork, fucking annihilates Sandriel. Just wipes her out. Done. Yes. And everybody's like, uh, yay. <laughs> so. Yeah. Then my second favorite part of that is then he looks at the Autumn King with a feral grin, like fucking try me, do some shit to Bryce again, try me and I will end your life. So they're headed to the city. They're sending brimstone missiles. A lot is going on. The brimstone missile almost kills her. Hunt dives and, and he gets his, his legs are like blown apart and all sorts of stuff. So she calls into the communication at all the gates and she's like, I need someone to anchor me. She's going to make the drop. And no one's answering her calls. And then, oh, I'm going to cry again. Oh, shit. Keep it together. She hears a oh. voice from the gate that says, light it up. And it's, it's Danica's voice. And she's, yes, from the bone quarter. So she's kind of like, what is that? What, what? And then she keeps hearing again. And then she turns and looks and sees the onyx stone from the bone quarter light up as Danica says it again. I'm going to cry. So. We know, and Jezebel confirms that a dead soul cannot be her anchor. So she's actually making the drop solo. And so she's doing it with Bryce. Oh, Bryce and Danica are doing it together. Oh, I'm going to start crying. And she's and tethered she to the gate. So she's kind yes. of, it's like she's making this untethered drop, but she's also tethered to like every single soul that has put yes. some of their power into the gate. So not only is she good, she's not so at this point, like they're like, okay, well, she's not very powerful, so she's just kind of boop boop. No, she is attached yeah. to every to all that power. So the drop that she's about to make is almost bottomless, insane, and she has to make yeah. her entire way back up. So the drop itself will kill her mortal body, but what the problem is is that she's going to have to dive all the way up from the bottom of that almost endless yeah. amount of power to the top, and she's not powerful enough to do that on her own. So the, at this point, yeah. Like, everyone is like, oh, no, this is not good. Uh, even the Autumn King is like, there is no way she will survive this. And he's really uh, upset because he just found out that she's a starborn heir, you know, and that's what he wants. <laughs> so he's super invested now. You know, he's like, oh, I'm going to be Disneyland dad of the year. And <laughs> and so she she gets all the way down and she goes a little past the Autumn King's power. And so that's just a little fucking knife, you know, into him. Mm -hmm. And she's down there in her drop and she's talking with Danica and she's like, I don't want to make the ascent. I want to be here with you. And she's like, Danica's like, I'm not here. I, I'm not here. You need to make the ascent. You will die and you will not spend eternity with me. So she's like, okay, I'm going to make the ascent. Well, she has like no time. Cause at this point she's, everyone sees her flatlined. They're like, she can't do it. She can't make, she, has she six can't minutes jump. And she, yeah. the, so the clock was like 0 0.03 thing, when she starts making the ascent. <laughs> Danica is like, she, like Bryce has already been suicidal for like most of this book. And she's like very low yeah. key suicidal. And then this is finally her admitting it. She's like, I don't want to be alive anymore. Like I want to yeah. be here with you. And I've made this deal that like, I don't even have a soul anymore. And like, I don't know. I can't go on without you. Like what comes next if I live is too hard. Like, I can't do this without yeah. you. And I've barely been doing it alone. And 
Hunt is dying back in the real world. And Danica is like, yeah. you have to get back there because you healed Hunt. Your first light literally healed yeah. his you entire body. You healed the body. building, like, people, town. Yeah. Like, you're that powerful. And you can't stay here with me. You have a mission. And so, yeah, yeah she starts making the ascent at, like, 0. 0.03 seconds. So she goes yeah. higher, higher, higher. And she's not going to make it. She realizes. She's like, I'm not going to make it. And Danica... Oh, Danica. <laughs> Danica is finally able to do, to make things, she sets it right. Because, like, when you think about Danica, like, her pack meant everything to her. And Bryce meant everything to her. Oh my gosh. And she is the one, even though it wasn't her fault, she's ultimately the one that killed her own pack. Like, she kills her own pack and she yeah. kills herself. And in doing so, she leaves Bryce with this mess. And that was the last thing she ever wanted for Bryce was to. Yeah, she was trying to protect her the her. whole time. The whole time. Like she knew. I think that Danica knew what Bryce was from that day when she blinds those guys on the road. Yes. And then she doesn't want to leave her with this alone and she has no choice. And then she's just this one kernel of power waiting for this moment to give Bryce one chance to make the ascent. And she pushes her. She pushes her the last bit. Yeah. And and, and, and Sabine does so, say oh that's Danica. Yeah. And Sabine's like so, that's Danica. She, yeah. She gives up her chance because later when we see the pack in the bone quarter, Danica's not with them. She literally yeah. destroys herself for Bryce so that she can make it and um hunt jump starts her heart just as she completes the drop she and he's like you fucking coward like you <laughs> waited to tell me that you loved me until i was dying like come back here and say it to my face and i'm like yes hunt. when, when and, she wakes up and she's like did you call me a coward <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i love that i love that their their plan from the first page of crescent city Bryce is talking about how her and Danica are going to make the drop together so that they're young and beautiful together forever. And yeah. by Danica making this right, she does. Like, she's a part of Bryce yeah. forever. Her first light. Yeah. Her last bit of first light is what makes Bryce the powerful being that she is. And at, at, when she wakes up, she has this eight-pointed star scar over her heart. Um, which is an interesting connection because Nesta Archeron has the eight-pointed star tattooed on her back. Um, and it's kind of a, it's because of her fey bargain. But one thing I love about that imagery of like Nesta has this bargain on her back is that it's kind of this bargain with Danica over her heart um, to like keep on going. Like even yeah. though this is, it's going to be harder. Like it's not going to get easier from here. And all Bryce has said is, like, I don't want to do any more. Like, I'm done. I can't give any more. Like, this She's wasn't tired. the life that I wanted. I never wanted to be a princess. I never wanted any of this responsibility. But she kind of makes a bargain with Danica to keep living. It's such a powerful moment. And then it's not like it's... Unlike Nesta, it's not on her back. It's on her chest. It's where she sees it all the time. Um, this reminder of why she's alive like this connection to her heart like through love through love through, through danica's love for bryce she did the impossible like she made an, an impossible thing there's no way she could have made this untethered drop 
Uh, and also, Bryce makes the ascent when she is physically tethered to Hunt. So, in a yeah. way, she doesn't make an untethered ascent because Hunt is pulling her with his power back to the land of the living. Um, so she becomes immortal, and Hunt, now Hunt knows how she feels, exactly how she feels, and he lived. <laughs> and Bryce is like, no! And she gets her closure with um, with Danica, and that's the last part of the hero's journey is returning with the elixir of life. That's like the end of a hero's journey. Now that's very literal, like the meaning, like the phrase, but really what it means is it's like you have the final solution. So now she's her father's true heir. She saved Lunathion, saved Lunathion from hell for now. Yeah. Her feelings with Hunt are finally out in the open, even though she, and all of her feelings about everyone, the things that she wanted to say, but because she was so buried in grief, she never could bring herself to say out loud and her feelings with Danica. Like she's mad. She's like, I've been doing this without you. This is not like I am. I can't do this anymore without you. I don't know how to live without you. Like she's able to tell Danica all these feelings and this grief that she's been carrying. And she makes the decision to live. She finally makes the final decision. Like Juniper saves her life when she tries to jump, but she does it for Juniper. This is her making the decision to live because she has something to live for. Um, and that's kind of her her journey wrap-up. But then her story isn't over, but she becomes a true hero for herself and and believes in the power of love and that there's something more to live for. And I love that. Um, but then, of course, it can't be over there. It can't be a happy ending. <laughs> no. So she does end up, you know, the Asteri calls her. And is like, okay, we're basically going to let you be free. And, and you can explore your power a little bit, but don't go too far. You know, she's a symbol now. They can't get rid of her. And they know that. So they f- they put the C stamp on uh, Hunt's hand. He is free. And obviously the halo's gone. Um, and he's like, you guys just enjoy your life together and be normal. So they now have a shot at living a normal life. But they can't. We, we find out in CC too that they just can't stay out of trouble. But... They, they get these moments that they're going to do that. So her full closure kind of wraps up whenever she's sitting on a bench and she's looking over at the bone quarter and she pulls up Danica's last message and it says, text me when you're home safe. Oh, I'm going to cry. And Bryce finally replies, I'm home and then deletes all the messages. So that's her, her full circle. She is like basically healed. Um, and she looks to the bone corner and she sees six faces smiling at her, a gift from the under king. We don't trust the under king though. And you're like, oh, this is all wrapped up in a pretty bow. Then all of a sudden, how the fuck did I forget that there was an epilogue? Because I don't remember any of this part. It was, <laughs> if you've out. never read the epilogue, go get your fucking book and read the goddamn ep- epilogue. Because I was like, oh, I remember, the, I remember the gift of the bone quarter or whatever. And then I was like, wait a damn minute. What is this? What is this epilogue? So <laughs> the Prince of Hell is back. And him and Jezba apparently know each other. Uh, plot twist. Did not remember that. Um, <laughs> so the Prince of the Chasm w- is just sitting there and, and he's, him and Jezba are talking like old friends. And he's like, why didn't, why didn't you tell me that about Bryce? So Jezba did not know about Bryce. Um, he's like, I didn't trust anyone, even you. 
And she said, I thought Thea's light was forever extinguished. So we know that this is not Peleus's power. This is Queen's power. Um, he said, so did I. I thought they made sure she and her power died on the battlefield under Prince Peleus's blade. So it is confirmed. Prince Peleus killed the queen to make sure her power. So Prince Peleus wanted the most power, basically. He was a selfish asshole. Um, but Bryce Quinlan spares her light. And so I shall never forget the exact shine and hue of Thea's light. It is still a song of my blood. So I think that Adis is maybe a lover of Queen Thea's. He obviously has an emotional attachment to that power and to her. There was something there, whatever it may be. You know what's actually and... very interesting is that uh, Cassian says about Nesta, your power is like a song, one I've waited a long time to hear. Oh, so was Idas Queen Thea's mate? Is Maybe. Bryce Quinlan a descendant of Idas and Queen Thea? It would make sense. Maybe. Maybe. So, and then, so then Jasmine's like, and Hunt Athelar. Mm. So, he says to her, I think Athelar's father would have been proud. So, they know who Hunt's dad is, who we still don't know who it is. And then she's like, that's sentimental of you. And he goes, well, feel free to disagree, of course. You knew the male best. So, Jasmine knows intimately somehow Hunt's dad. And they, you know, the, they mentioned the library's already been moved. And then she says, she looks at him and says, don't fuck us over this time. So something happened. Um, whatever this time may be, we don't know if this is a first wars thing and what, who knows. So I think we're gearing up for a revolution. Jezba's going to be a part of it, obviously. Um, Adis is going to be a part of it. And then there's going to be something with the Starborn. Um, I I can't wait till we do crack theories because I, I did not remember the epilogue at all. And when I read that last night, I was like, you know, coming off my crying high from everything, like snot and whatever. And I'm like, oh, and I read this and I'm like, what the fuck? I, I think I was so like, was panicking. Like, I was so aggrieved. I was in such like thick <laughs> grief from losing everyone at the end of CC1 that I'm like, I'm like, okay, Jessica, I don't really care. <laughs> I just right. like, moved on. But, like, I think Jessica could either be Hunt's father's sister. Maybe, like, she's his aunt, his mother. Maybe she served Hunt's dad as, you know, kind of in the same way that Hunt is serving Bryce. But I don't think it's a coincidence that it seems like Jessica and Itis have been guiding yes. Bryce this entire time. And... Like, we know, like, Jessica wouldn't just let anyone downstairs, yet she let Danica and Hunt into and the archives. All of them. And Rune. So why would she do that um, unless it served a purpose? And if she has some connection to Hunt's dad. We know Orion is the hunter. That's his true name, Hunt's true name. So, you know, is is he going to have to i mean i think he's gonna have to hunt bryce down in cc3 but you know and, well, have they've been mm. have they been setting all of this up this entire time you know like it seems like itis and jessica are playing chess while everybody else is playing checkers is kind of how it feels yeah and another thing he did mention and is like 
which I never really feel like I, I thought from the beginning, you know, that he was a protector of Bryce somehow. And they talk about the demons who went back to hell are being punished by the princes because they yeah. were never supposed to. Escape. So the demons just did whatever they wanted. But now the perception to everybody else, though, is like, oh, the princes let the demons run wild. And it's like now they're all being punished. Why? Because they went after Bryce. Like, watch us be all wrong. I know. <laughs> We're going to be so upset. Because I, I think that there's, this has started with the first wars. It never ended. Peleus is obviously bad. And I don't, I don't think that, I don't know, man, there's so many theories running through my brain right now. But the fact that they're both connected to Bryce and they're both connected to Hunt in a lot of different ways is very interesting. Because Hunt didn't even live on the same continent as Bryce mm -hmm. to begin well, with. Well, what it's reminding me of is um, the, in Throne of Glass, these, you know, ancient kings and queens that failed their mission and then ultimately have to give it to a new generation. And and that's when it says, like, don't fuck us over this time. It kind of feels like they failed. They were there, obviously, when the rift was sealed. And now they're on this side. Why? Like, what was the failure? They were on the battlefield, seeing Queen Thea's light. And now they're stuck in Midgard. So, you know, are they trying to get back home? And why can't they do it? Mm -hmm. You know, did they have to give up their power? Is this, it feels like kind of, it feels this like the same thing, that there's a bargain that this has to be solved, but the only people that can fix it are Bryce Hunt, Rune, Bryce and her knights, you know? I, th I think that it's, CC2 gives us a lot more information about Rune Danan, and I think that he's going to be more. from all these things. I think, well, I think too that, um, like so kind of a weakness with throne of glass is that you have these like amazing other characters but like the book is so heavily the series is so heavily focused on aelin like you don't get as much dorian and you don't get as much rowan and you don't get as much whatever i do wish there was and more it dorian. does it feels like in crescent city she's able to flesh out all of bryce's companions in a much deeper way in less pages so in, in CC2, when we start getting into that next week, I'm excited to dive into Rune's character because mm. I think that they are, even though Rune may not be the Starborn heir, I think that he is just as important as Bryce. And I think that his, they are two sides of one coin. And like, even they're, he's all darkness and shadows and purples and blues, and she's the opposite, even in right. color theory. And so I think that they'll hopefully get to work together more um, by the end of it, because I just love their brother-sister <laughs> companion stuff. Like, we don't have another relationship like that in the SJM universe. So I love it. Um, but this book, let's give our ratings for Crescent City. I can't even rate 10. it because it's 10 out of 10. A 10, out of 10. It's, yeah. The, the first book is already better than most of her other books, but then the second book, I mean, it's her best work, and Bryce is such an incredible character. The entire cast of characters has such depth. Uh, Therion, we didn't even really touch on Therion, but he's oh, so next, fun. Like, yeah. Every her legs. single character- And the otters, he sends her otters. I know! 
there's so many fun little things we couldn't even touch on without making this podcast like eight hours long. Oh my god, um, yeah. That just that was that was hard. Depth. I wanted to talk about it all. I know. We get a lot more the theory on in the next world. book though. Yeah, oh yeah. Um so I guess that's it for Crescent City One. Our Crescent City One review is done. We have made it through We've how many it. pages is this book? Like, I guess in the like paper bag eight, it's like eight hundred pages. Seven hundred and ninety nine. With the epilogue, seven ninety nine. It's crazy. That was a thick read. So, next week we're gonna Should dive into Crescent City two, and then things really think the theories, the multiverse theories, really start to pop off in Crescent City two. So, if you are listening and you haven't finished CC one yet, first of all, I don't know how you made it here, but if you haven't finished CC two. I definitely would not listen to next week's episode until you're done. Um, yep. But yeah, that's it. I can't believe we're done with TC1. That's crazy. I'm can't ready for the next emotional roller coaster for CC2. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if I can handle oh, this that emotionally. Book is heavy. I don't. I can't. For sure, I can't. So I guess we'll see you guys next week for some CC2 action and let us know in the comments um, on YouTube, like what's your favorite Crescent City one Bryce moment? Uh, are you a Rune Danan or a Hunt Athelar girly? You know, let us all know all your thoughts. What did we miss? Comments. Also, yeah. yeah, what 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 did we miss that you guys picked up? Because I feel like there's, God, there's so much. I don't even, there's things I know I missed in the reread. Yeah, it was crazy to reread it after, like, so much time. And then I'm like, wow, I did I even read this book? <laughs> like, I know I read it, and I know the general plot, but I'm like, I can't, I did not even remember that. Like, it's wild. Yeah. Oh, I didn't remember half of it, I feel like. And I'm like, wow, mm, I thought I was really good at retaining this stuff, but apparently I'm not. Apparently not. I mean, to be fair, it's probably been, like, two years since it was released. Yeah. So, or three years since it was released. So. I don't even know. It feels yeah. like a long time. So, I think it was 2021. Where's the little... When I learned this in like third grade to look at the publishing stuff. Yep, 2020, actually. First published in the US in 2020. Four years. Damn. She's gonna make us wait forever. <sighs> I'm not this ready. Alright, well guys, we'll see you in the next week's episode light it Crescent up city two light it up light it up danica light it up <laughs> oh god i'm gonna cry again well hi lords and ladies that is it for this episode of wine and wingspan make sure you're following us on tiktok instagram and everywhere you listen to podcast at wine and wingspan pod have a book you'd like us to talk about or a hot take you want us to break down Send us all your opinions to wineandwingspanpod at gmail.com. May your glass be full and your wingspans be long. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>